No singing. No singing. What are you talking? What are you talking about? These people don't under these people don't understand that Arabs have emotions. Was I angry? Perhaps yes, perhaps no. But exactly, I don't know. You need to understand. I love my team. Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. We're recording this on Wednesday the 19th of September during tonight's Champions League fixture. So apologies if anything we're about to say is completely obsolete by the time you listen. I'm your host, Dunn, and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Kylie, how did Game Week 5 treat you? Um, did you get green arrows or are we seeing more of the red that Mars is used to see? <laughs> it... Um I think it was still sort of a, a slight green or I don't know, it, it was kind of ended roughly the same, but it started really badly for me. Uh, I ended up getting 64 and I had taken a hit, which I was delighted with in terms of the, the final score. But Saturday was brutal. None of my um, midfielders did anything. And um, it was kind of down to Crystal Palace actually sort of saving the day because um, I have Van Aanholt and um, Bicky came on for the missing Mendy with his nine points and I never get points off the bench so that was really good and then Arnie um, and Ings helped out so that was good but the, the main issue for me is that I, you know I'm kind of able to field a five-a-side team at the moment and that's about it. I have six players who are either flagged or ineligible to play or just don't play. So it's slightly woeful at the moment. Yeah, I know there's a few of them. I um, I haven't been keeping track of the Champions League games, but I see Aguero doesn't have his yellow flag anymore. So um, I'm hoping that means he's he's okay. He's on the he was on the bench and he just came on because they're losing two one. Uh, they were losing two nil one before he came on. They came on about 55-60 or something like that. Yeah, no, I think everything should be okay. Mendy probably won't be a too much of a long-term injury as well for um, <coughs> for. Iowa. Well, you never know. You never know. Once you have a knee injury, like, hopefully it's nothing, right? But the problem is those those injuries keep coming back sometimes. And, you know, he goes full belt. He doesn't do halves. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm I'm mainly going by his um his attitude on Twitter. He seems to be fairly chilled. Yeah. Um, the uh, my game week I had 67 points again with a hit as well, Kylie. So I had 63 overall. It was actually my first oh, my oh. my first red Is flag, it? my first red um arrow of the Is season. Is it 63? Yes. Is it 63 because you were banging on about 67 being really good it's, and it's 67. stuff like that? Yeah, I didn't bother putting it's in the really, minus the minus seven four. Minus four. <laughs> The minus four, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, I guess, Don, a a red um, arrow is kind of inevitable given the uh, lofty heights at which you were hanging out there. That's it, Cody. It's it's hard to keep when you're up that high. It's a long, you know. It's very easy to fall back a bit. But yeah, twenty nine k now. So uh, I'm still in the top thirty k. So I'm. Oh no! I'm very happy with that. Twenty four to twenty nine. Oh gosh, are you feeling alright? Scandal. Yeah, it's. uh, I did have a bit of a cry. 
I had a bit of a cry into my pillow all right on Sunday night, but I'm okay now, Mar. So thanks, Mel. But uh, how was your game week <laughs> five? Yeah, 63 points. Not, not bad. You know, I was happy with it considering I think Captain Hazard. Uh, he was my vice captain. I wouldn't say I even thought about it to be honest. I was always Captain Kun. Um, but to be honest, apart from those two, not much. Uh, I had Biscuit as my second son. Didn't he didn't come. So hey, oh, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. Yeah, um, okay. Ky- Kylie nearly got kicked out of the Amigos there, Mars, for um, for calling biscuits by the wrong name there. But uh, we'll let it. We'll let it. Give her a warning. Yeah. After the night, if you had to not, we'll give her a warning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An official warning. Forgive for... me, I'm adult. <laughs> um, we may as well actually give the listener update the uh, for the for the listener league. Um, Jer Newman is still top of the table with uh, 389 overall points. So uh, quality quality start to the season for him. He finished on 82 this game week. Um, but right behind him is Steve Bibbing. He had a stormer of a week. He had 93 points um, last week, and he's on 377. Um, Kenneth Fredersen is uh, is 373. So um, yeah, a lot of very very nice scores in there. No sign of Mars, but um, someday someday he will be there. As we, as he likes to say, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So um, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. Marzi, uh, tell us what's your um, what's your rant of the week? Um, we're preparing for some singing because you know I can hear you. You were practicing at Tenor. No singing. No singing. No singing. Oh. What are you talking? What are you talking about? I heard you singing I, I, a while ago, Mars. Yeah. Before. What are you talking about? <laughs> these people don't under these people don't understand that Arabs have emotions. Was I angry? Perhaps yes, perhaps no, but exactly I don't know. <laughs> you need to understand. I love my team. All this crap about Salah and him being angry and not and this and that. It's just it's funny. It's people trying to. We just beat PSG uh, with the last minute fantastic goal. You know, a team that has some amazing strikers. Um, well, a, a really good team that really wants to win the, the Champions League, and we outplayed them and we beat them. And people are going, oh, Mo Salah threw a bottle of water. So the guy's passionate. Actually, he celebrated first. And he, let's say, so what? He's just passionate. He's annoyed at himself because, yes, he did give the ball away twice. One of them which led to the first goal. But you could blame Mane for going for a really acute angle instead of passing the ball across and then, bam, 3-0. So... Oh, 3-1, I, whatever. I think Just he was, uh, yeah, I think actually it was mainly relief because he knew he'd... It is. That's the thing. Listen, I'm actually, actually, it's funny. I put a tweet on Twitter and, and it banged, but that's normal, right? Like, you know, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> but it has to be, man. <laughs> no, no. But it was basically basically saying people need to understand. People need to understand how Arabs, we are, we are very weird. And the way we show emotion and passion sometimes could be through anger. But that doesn't mean that we're pissed off at people. It's just, like you said, it's relief and it's passion. And he's probably angry at himself. The minute he celebrated, he was angry at himself probably for letting that second goal or uh, his goal that was offside or for his performance because he expects the best from himself. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, if you if you if you do an underperformance in your singing some night, I've noticed you really get a bit tetchy for the rest of the podcast. You're, that's true. Yeah, you're a bit sensitive, bad mood. Do you remember what? Do you remember once I wasn't happy with the performance? I decided not to not sing. I gave up. I was like, not not happening. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so that's it. Arabs, Arabs, what are you going to do with them, huh? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but uh, Salah probably is actually the big topic of the week. Um, but uh, the, normally we do discuss what, what it is the community is talking about. And of course, after his blank um, last game week and kind of an indifferent performance in the Champions League, again, everyone is talking about Salah or no Salah. Um, I guess my opinion on it, first of all, would be um, selling before Southampton would probably be a mistake if you still do own him. But I'm personally probably happy that at the moment I don't have him. Uh, Mane, if I'm looking at the two of them, there doesn't look like three million between Mane's performances and his um, and his opportunities to score um, and Salah's. So um, that's where I am at the moment. But if I did own Salah, I wouldn't be selling him, I don't think, before Southampton. What's your thinking on that, Kylie? Yeah, for me, it's tricky because I, you know, basically have no choice but to wildcard uh, against my will at the moment because of the fact that my team is doing a dying swan act. So I'm in that situation where I do own Salah, but I'm also in the position where I could get rid of him. Obviously, I want to have Liverpool attacking Coverage, and I hate that word because, you know, coverage, but I, I think when you're talking about Liverpool attacks, specifically Mane or Salah, you know, it, it, it is slightly different than, say, getting in Fernandinho as your city cover, for example. Um, I agree. I think that it would make me quite nervous to go into the Southampton match without him, purely because of the fact that Southampton have not been great defensively. I know McCarthy has made plenty of saves, but they do have a tendency to concede a lot of chances and concede a lot of goals, and they've given away a lot of matches where they've been leading 2-0. So I can see Liverpool scoring plenty of goals there. And I think it, you know, Salah hasn't looked great compared to himself, I should say. He hasn't looked as sharp. Um, and is probably a bit frustrated, but I still think he's a he's a bit of a concerning one to sell when you already have him. I currently have Mane and Salah, and I won't be going into next week with both. So I have a very immediate decision to make. Whether you're going to whether you're going to bail on Mane again after um, after apologising for your behaviour towards him earlier on in the season, and you're thinking about about getting rid again. I didn't say I was thinking about getting rid of him to put words in my mouth. Um, I don't know that I mentally could do that again because I feel like that would just ruin my relationship with him forever. So, um, it, yeah. and the, Okay, you know what I think. Salah is Salah and Mane has to show some consistency to, you know, kind of be considered comparable and... Um, in terms of the Salah-ness of Salah, if that makes any sense, which absolutely it doesn't, but <laughs> he's <laughs> the Salah-ness of Salah, yeah. So we have Mane who has come out of the gate and been really strong. I think he's been motivated by the fact that Salah performed so well last year and so he really needed to step up. His underlying statistics suggest that he's probably outperforming, but... I still think that he can have an amazing year and he certainly looked really good in a lot of cases and certainly not looked um, like a, a weaker option than Salah when, when watching. 
Um, the thing with selling seller is that you've you you have if you invest that money wisely, you know you can have Mane and Hazard and still a really strong team. Theoretically, you can have Salah and Hazard, but maybe not so strong a team elsewhere. It's pros and cons. It's difficult. Well, uh, I'm not sure I agree. I have Salah, I have Hazard, Aguero, the Holy Trinity. I think you can. It just depends. It depends if you what what you can't have is two premium forwards plus Salah and Hazard. No, I don't think you can. But I guess no. it depends on on who. There's a lot of cheap options at the moment, and they're, each team is different. So it depends on what your priorities are with, yeah. with other players. I've, I've looked at different <coughs> ways of doing it on wildcard um, with Salah and Hazard, with Mane and Hazard, and I think there's really viable options for both. But it really comes down to what my priority is in terms of those other players, I guess. So, Don, here's what I think... <laughs> What I think of it is, people not just just need to move on, make a decision, and and move. Like I think I feel like it's been talked about nonstop, forever from game week one, Salah yeah. Salah less. Then game week two, Salah Salah less. He scored two goals, two assists in five games. If that, if people are saying season wonder, well, you know, from Liverpool point of view, if he continues like that, I'll be happy. Now, it, I can understand that there is, I can understand it's a difficult decision, but just. I guess if you if you don't ha- if I didn't have him right now, I wouldn't be getting him. That's for sure because I test plus um, other players. You know, it, 13 million is a lot of money. However, I've invested that money, so I've made the decision that he's not going anywhere right now. For now, now he blanks against Southampton or he's rested. Whatever, will, will I then sell him? I don't know. The thing is, with his high percentage ownership right now, if he bangs. You're in trouble, yeah. but we keep we've we've been saying that for the last five game weeks. So I'm I'm actually playing, but I'm being devil's advocate on both sides, because a lot of people have also said the highest scorer from, you know, historically the highest scorer of the season, FPL wise, always flops the next season. So that's Salah, and a lot of people have said that, and those are the people that went without him or decided to go without him. Um, Mane Hazard's performances are making it more difficult. But luckily, there is no KDB. Silver's cheap. You can still have him and have the other two. <clears throat> no fo- no premium forward is smashing it apart, well, even Aguero. Yeah. So they, actually, they, the choice is not made for you because not many big players are delivering apart from the three big defenders that people have. But then they stopped delivering last... They didn't deliver last week. So there's... It's... You can justify having Salah right now because not everybody is firing. It's actually the cheap players that are firing. Yeah. So he's not... One, one thing, do, though... Do you... one, no, no, I do. But one thing I have to say, though, about this... You know, people do talk about the Salah, <coughs> the ownership level with Salah and it being a massive risk if he bangs. The fact is, his ownership is 45.9. Mane is 42.1. So you could make an argument that actually going into a game week without Mane versus Salah is actually almost as much of a risk as it is. Now, you'll obviously, Salah will have probably more captains. More people who own Salah will captain him because you're paying 13 million for him. It's a favourable fixture and they're going to go for it. But the ownership, and Hazard even, his ownership is nearly 30%. People going without Hazard now are taking a massive risk as well. This is the game we're playing and it's part of the value because there are so many 
quality options. As you touched on there, and one very good point was to do with when you do have Hazard and Salah, you're limiting your second forward option to being basically a third forward, like the likes of Zaha. But the fact is that the drop-off between, say, Firmino to Zaha or from um, my own personal Lacazette to Zaha isn't actually that much of a drop-off. So, again, we're saying both sides of the coin. You can actually afford to have Salah. But the reality is, is I think that the the ownership thing is a little bit of a scaremongering. It's not that you're going I, I from Salah to yeah. to Pedro or from Salah to Pogba. Yeah, and, and the thing is, both Zaha and Ani are delivering consistently. Yeah. I don't know if Ani's yeah. injured or not. Mitrovic is King is delivering, and and that for me, when I look at my team, I if I was to sell Salah, where would I invest the money? Uh, I think what I would do is probably go Mane, and then with that three million, update, uh, you know, upgrade one either of Wilson or Mitro to Zaha or Ani, right? Let's say for example, because I can't afford Boomerang or Kane or any of these guys unless I go four point five third striker. So okay, so I'm spreading the funds. How am I going to get him back again if I want him? It's, it's, so yeah. it's, decision, it's not an easy decision, but I think people just need. I think people, Kali. You obviously sat there and thought about it, and I don't see anything on Twitter where I see polls. I see people asking other people. I see people asking for stats. Make your own decision because everybody's going to... The people that don't have Salah, and I thought, I'm, I'm going to say about Dave from Burnley, and I love it. He's justifying everything about why not, why not having Salah is the right, is the right decision. And he will, he will, he will uh, push his points to every day. Every day I see tweets from him about how amazing Hazard is, how amazing that is, and how why not having Salah is the right reason, or now he's saying he's safe for, for Southampton. And the people that have Salah will tell you why it's good to have Salah and pull out his stats. Make your own yeah. decision, the one that you're and happy with, and move forward. There's a stat or a justification for either case, absolutely. So it, it completely depends on your perspective. Um, you know, I, I don't think that going with the the crowd on this is going to yield an answer. We saw it last year with this whole Kane exit thing and you can fall on, you can be as justified as you want, you can still fall on the wrong line of, of things. You just basically have to make a decision one way or another Absolutely. or hold off. And the fact we, of the matter is, is that I, one thing that does get my gold a bit on Twitter is people going, see, told you your Muppets going without Salah. <clears throat> Or, or the other one's going yeah. about the, the the hazard because the reality is is they're two world class players. You kind of most people will be choosing between one or the other. In reality, is yeah, we don't know which one of them is going to end up the right answer. We're going with our best guess. Yeah. So calling out people for being on the on the Salah team or the bleeding Hazard team is is ridiculousness in the extreme. But. Yeah. You know we're talking so much about Salah that we're ignoring. I think one team that's actually hitting form right now and uh, one guy that might not be the you know the, everybody's uh, darling but he scored twice Troy tonight Dini. Pogba no <laughs> never Pogba scored twice tonight United are getting back in my opinion to form and I see them I look at their fixtures coming up and I don't see anything that would scare them that much right now you've got Pogba yeah. Playing, you know, he's, he's scoring. He scored twice tonight and assisted. Um, scoring in the Premier in the Premier League. You've got Lukaku getting goals, and pe- people are spending so much time thinking about Salah. They m- might be ignoring other areas in their team where they're like, 
oh, crap, you know, there's other players actually doing quite well, like Fraser and Pogba and David Silva. And these guys, whilst focusing so much on, should I have Salah or not, just make a team and stick with it. And whatever happens... And then you can be proactive with other elements of yeah. the team. But you're right, United are going under the radar. Even when Lukaku scored two goals, there wasn't really much murmurings about him. It's hard to fit him in. But Pogba is highly affordable. Um, and they do seem to be settling in terms of well, the, that's the weird thing. energy that was there. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, folks, let's move on to our Bonk Marrier stock section of the show. So on this, um, we talk about the players that are kind of in the community's minds at the moment. Their ownership is soaring. And we kind of talk about whether or not we think that they're ones that we would like to bonk, as in that they're a short-term, short-term good signing, um, but we're not too confident about maybe their long-term um, appeal. Um, whether they're marriage materials, so whether or not we think they're the ones for us for the long term, or whether they're probably stocks, so where we might just want to keep an eye for a little while and uh, and see get a little bit more data on them. Uh, Kylie, you want to start off on the man other than Hazard for game week five, and that was Ryan Fraser, the Scottish Messi. Um, people signing him, he's only five point six. Might have had a price rise, so he might be five 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 point seven now. Um, but are people signing him? Are they chasing points? Or is he going to continue this form? Um, what does the eye test, but also his past history and his stats say? Well, you know, obviously there's always a degree of, of chasing points. But in this case, I don't think that um, there's anything wrong with with looking at him as an option. At 5.7, he's three goals, two assists, seven bonus. So he's he's doing really well on the bonus. And particularly if you compare that to Wilson, who I think hasn't had much bonus at all, maybe one, um, you know, he looks really viable. And he's been playing every minute this season. Um, he's looked really effective. He's created 11 chances, six of them big ones. Um, that's 41 minutes per chance and every 50 minutes a goal attempt. At 5.7, with the fixtures that Bournemouth have and the fact that he has been really central to what they've been doing, obviously Bournemouth have a lot of attacking options, but I just don't think that you can go far wrong. Granted, if you're buying him because you think you're going to get another 18-point haul, that is incredibly unlikely. So we, we don't see that sort of thing. I mean, last year... Uh, Gross got an 18-point hole in game week three or four, and then he got another one quite late on in the season. Both of those were unlikely situations. They happen. But I think if you, you know, you're looking at that sort of price range and, and even up to sort of $7 million, there's not really many options that have been quite as consistent as he has and who still have a consistently strong fixture run. So... I certainly think that there's no reason not to jump on him at the moment and would call him a bonk. Um, look, how long that lasts. Traditionally, Bournemouth have been an attacking team, so maybe it will. Um, but jump on that bandwagon while he's that price and he's playing every minute. When we have rotation galore coming up and everything, why not? Yeah, 100%. And one thing actually as a benefit, Frazier will be my transfer in this week. But um, one benefit he has is I have Wilson also, and um, 
I think that you know it'll allow me. I do want to get Zaha in, and Wilson probably will be the one I'll sacrifice to get Zaha. Um, and I think that will be with Fraser there. I'm going to kind of get a little bit of that word again coverage for um, for that Bournemouth attack with that fixture run, um, and for that price range, you can't uh, you can't you can't go wrong really with it. Um, Marzi, move on to Holabas. So um, he's a bit of a fantasy darling, as we know. With Mendy wis- missing this last week, um, a lot are looking at him as the budget version of the Frenchman. Is he, he is still, of course, a bit of a card magnet, but having returned big so far this season, is he a bonk, marry, or stalk for you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. also he does have four assists and a goal. So And he plays in a team that is... Uh, play, you know, playing relatively attacking football. He takes, he loves a set piece. He loves a cross. And if you look at their fixtures, they've got Fulham away next. Not, not the easiest. Fulham at home are quite strong, I think. And then they've got Arsenal away, and then they've got Bournemouth at home, Wolves away, Huddersfield at home, Newcastle away, Southampton away. So it's relatively all right fixtures that you would see him returning in. A uh, few few potential clean sheets in there as well. So um, I guess if you're going to sell Mendy, you can make a lot of money by downgrading somebody like Holibas um, and, and upgrade somewhere else. You know, if you want to upgrade your your uh, your midfield or get money in for the forwards, etc. So uh, for me, he c- continues to be a stalk. I think just because the way I'm playing at the moment is I've got three premiums and two cheapies and 4.8 just falls in in, in between um, he would be on the list if I considered Silmendi and uh, we did an article with uh, Connect this week so people should have a look at it, FPL Connect um, community section where we looked at defenders and uh, I think what Watford or Holibas was one of the ones that I mentioned to look at um, as part of the team and the team metric and the way they play. Nice one, Mersey. Um, yeah, I recommend that. We've retweeted from the uh, Three Amigos account, so um, do check out that article from Mersey and Connect. Um, Kylie, um, I'm going to be playing my Barry, Mo- Barry White music over this when I, um, when I edit ready. up the podcast. I'm ready. You're ready? Um, I'm, I'm going to go on mute and uh, watch something manly right now uh, whilst <laughs> Kylie does what she used to do. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I had to give this one to you, uh, Kylie Giroud. Um, Chelsea simply look better with him in the team. Uh, well, anyone look would look better with uh, with Olivier in the team. And it's he's true. but he's returned two assists and two bonus points for um, in the last game week for his meager two point six percent ownership. Um, in the lovely, sorry, I'll edit that. Leave a gap. Is the lovely fabulous? Delectable and stunning, Olivier, a bonk, marry or a stalk. He's for you. simply the best. <laughs> um, this is going to be one of these, Mars. I reckon for the, the first best. time ever, somebody is going to be a bonk, a marry, and a stalk. <laughs> yes, I was going to say. Can I say all of the above? <laughs> no, I really mean that. Don't ask me to pick one because I couldn't in isolation. That would be rude. You know, Giroud is the ultimate fantasy option. Um, I got sidetracked there. No. Can I just check? We're still talking fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, you know. I sort of, you know. Um, No, I think 
he's he's just glorious. So I totally agree in in a football sense because I suppose I should probably talk about that and stop thinking about um, his other attributes, which are wonderful, by the way. Um, no, I think as a differential, he could prove a really really exciting one. He's cheap at seven point eight. If he's going to lead the line for Chelsea, um, he only has 2.6% ownership. Now, obviously, for the first few matches of the season, he was coming off the bench for sort of 15 minutes, 20 minutes at a time, and Morata was doing what Morata does, which is not a whole lot of anything. Um, and so in the last did you, match... Did we you saw, hear that? There was, like, there's, there's a, there was a bit of, like, the protective and jealous... <laughs> Morata does nothing. He's so much not better. He's not better than my man. <laughs> well, it's true. I'm just using, you know, uh, logic here. There's no emotional element. I don't feel emotional about Sharut. I can't believe you think that. Um, Ky- Kylie, you're gonna have the Morata fangirls after you. You know, he ain't bad looking either. Well, it, yeah, I know. Look, he's he's an attractive guy, but look, he's no Sharud, okay? You know, this, this is a different class. Anyway, he puts too much product in his hair. I find it upsetting. It just doesn't move properly. Um, anyway, the Murata fangirls can come after me if they wish. I just, I think, you know, 90 minutes, he finally played it. He got two assists, but I think that the team was just more dynamic with him in it. And so I think he makes other options within Chelsea look attractive, um, you know, and he would do that anyway just by association. But I I think that if you had the gumption to kind of go for it with him because you run a risk, obviously, in terms of rotation, um, but if, if you went there, it's a sneaky, sneaky differential, and particularly for people who can't bring in Hazard um, or don't want to, so it's high risk and just absolutely glorious reward potential there. So I think he's a, a fantasy option for everyone. All of the above. I'd absolutely stalk and bonk and marry him. Happily. <laughs> and uh, your boyfriend Paul isn't isn't going to be a listener to the Three Amigos. <laughs> uh, look, you know, it's, it's a separate category. Uh, it, it's a different. It's totally. Oh, it's in one of these. Uh, what's what's the name for the um for you know when you have yeah it's, it's like the top top five. You're not the five. Yeah, the free yeah, yeah. Everybody has everybody has five. Kylie has Jews on the yeah. list. Mm. He's worthy of five. <laughs> <laughs> five star. Uh, Marzi, move on to the next next uh, stalk, bonk, or marry uh, dilemma. Um, I'm going to bunch all of the Wolves' defensive objects as a group. Um, objects. Assets, even. As a group. <laughs> We're just objectifying everyone here. Totally. Um, but a lot of people, of course, had great game week five success with um, Wolves' double up or even triple ups because um, a lot with the Mendy. With the Mendy injury, um, a lot of people probably, you know, they did manage to get points from the likes of Bennett or um, Doherty. What's your thinking on these assets? Do you think, are they going to be people who will be repeating on, um, looking at their fixture list, do you think they're going to repeat too much of these clean sheets? Or do you think it's probably um, something that people maybe should just maybe bonk or stalk at the moment, but not put too many eggs in the Wolves' defensive basket? Look, if, if you want a cheap 
defender, uh, fourth or fifth, then there's, there's it's, it's not a bad option. Wolves are actually playing quite well. They did play Burnley. We just have to, just need to be a little bit realistic. They played Burnley at home, and Burnley have had a, a torrid time of late and uh, look shattered. And I think it finished one nil, right? So it wasn't like the best of games, but still clean sheet. Um, so if you look at their fixtures, they've got United away next. So definitely. For me, Wolves are one of those that you pick and choose when you play their players. So, will I play them? So, I've got Bennett as the as the four mil cheap. Uh, a lot of people are loving Doherty, and I, I, I watch the game and I can see why. Um, he's you know uh, he's attacking just like our Holy Trinity, and finally got his his reward based on his stats. He got the assists and the bonus points. Uh, but is he going to do the same at United away? I think he'll be told to hold back a little bit. So then they've got Southampton at home and Palace away, Watford at home and Brighton away. Now, I can see potentially two clean sheets in those. You know, like Southampton are not the most of attacking teams away from home. Let's see now. I probably said that. They'll probably go and beat Liverpool or something like that. Um, Palace are... Could be tougher, especially away from home. Watford at home just depends how Watford are doing. And then Brighton away, it, that game can be anything. So I think their assets are, if, if you don't have them and you're on wildcard, they could be a great option as enablers of the four of the, or the 4.5. If you have them or you're not on wildcard, you, you keep them and you, play, you pick when to play them. Otherwise, if you're not on wildcard and you're looking to bring defenders, then for me, they are a stalk and bring them in if you want to downgrade um, one of your premium players to make some money or your 4.5 or 4 is injured or doesn't play like a Peltier or somebody like that, you can just do a swap to Bennett and Bennett's been playing and he's at 4 million. So it's an easy decision because you, what you want is a playing bench at the moment, especially with the Champions League. We said it last week, Champions League and Europa, you need a playing bench and Biscuit coming off the bench when Mendy didn't play um, basically merits what we said. Yeah, 100%. It's essential. We have a playing bench. Even even, even really need three outfield players at the moment, it seems, but um, definitely two. And um, I think a lot of people did have Bennett probably as their bottom-of-the-bench um, cheap defender just to have their... Um, I personally have Stankovic, and I probably regret that. I'd like, like ideally to have one of those Wolves boys because I could actually afford them. But um, the, yeah, their fixtures look half-decent too, so... Um, I think their ownership will rise quite a lot. Um, folks, let's move on to the listener questions section of the show. And um, we're going to run through a lot of these now here, but we're going to go rapid fire on them. Um, so I think, Kylie, I'm going to give it to you first. Um, our John G. Grifters United was asking, he said he'd already made his moves to save money, but um, do you think it's possible or easy to wait out the Champions League or Europe or League games to wait on fitness, etc.? The urge to change early with price changes is so strong, and I was weak. <laughs> so, um, what, what's your thinking on that? I, I personally find it very, very difficult because sometimes I, I don't like seeing those losing those point one, point twos, but um, but it is definitely the best policy. Yeah, um, I tend to err on the leave my transfers till later side of things, even if it causes me to lose out on point one. I guess it, it depends. But in the instance where there is something like Champions League on, I would deal with a point one rise 
in price or a fall, depending on the situation. Um, I might be motivated to risk it very rarely if it was going to be a deciding factor in whether I could make a move. But generally speaking, just because injuries, there's so much that can happen when they're playing football midweek that I do prefer to wait and see the fallout. But I absolutely understand the risk because the price changes at the moment are really volatile and things are happening quite quickly and you see some players who are not delivering and then others who are um, and you can be really tempted to to just try and jump on them if you know that's the player that you want. So you just have to hope that uh, that everyone comes through unscathed and then it pays off in this case. Yeah, I think one of the big things sometimes with the transfers is if I see a player that I want to sell, that I know I'm going to sell, about the drop and I see a player that I want to get in about to rise then it's kind of a double whammy Yeah. and uh, that's the kind of case where generally I'll kind of jump the gun a little bit but uh, yeah. me too actually yeah the um, Marzi Mahutsu was asking player X versus former club or player X against his former club could bang myth so what's your thoughts on that myth oh yeah it's a myth. <laughs> I. Uh, it's a myth. I always look at, for example, when when Liverpool players uh, move on and they come back, and I think, oh, they're gonna haunt us, you know, like the Benteke or the Heskey or whatever. Doesn't happen. Benteke used to do it, but now he, he, he stopped. But then he always loved to score against um, Liverpool. Benteke uh, stopped playing football though, Marzi. Now, in all fairness. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a myth. I think. Uh, sometimes there's a point to prove to a manager, right? Uh, when you go back, especially if they sold you. Uh, but I, I do, I do think overall it's a myth. Um, one thing actually is kind of funny with the Southampton game going on for uh, for Liverpool. You know, the myth of um, all, the, all the players, all the Southampton players, regarded as a trial to see if they'll get their move to Liverpool. There's a fella yeah. doing quite well up front for Southampton at the moment. Maybe he's hopeful he'll get a move to Liverpool down the line, you know? Mm-hmm. Can we please stop jinxing Liverpool? I, it's, it's so <laughs> Liverpool to just go and lose this game now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, Mars, um, thanks, Mill, for that one. Um, I agree on that. Um, Mars, or who will we go with here now? We'll go with Kylie. FBL Claris was asking, any players you cherry-pick from the bottom five teams? So um, what players do you think um, from the strugglers um, are worthy of FPL consideration? I think if you're looking at the bottom five right now, the only one that really jumps out is Arnie for me because I think West Ham is still in the bottom. Um, He's in my team currently. Um, He's one of the, the issues in my team at present just purely because of the injury flag over him. He has been doing this a lot where he seems to pick up a knock um, and then he plays the next match, but he's been consistently delivering points and really we don't care whether West, well, I suppose if you're a West Ham fan, you do, but otherwise you don't care what the ultimate results are. You just care about the points. And so he's certainly um, someone that if fit is, is a really viable option because he is capable of scoring against bigger teams as well. Uh, who else is in the bottom? No one from Cardiff. 
Um, Huddersfield. Huddersfield. No one from Huddersfield. No one from Cardiff. <laughs> um, you know, it. There's finding differentials, but I think you tend to find those cheaper differentials in the sort of mid to maybe lower mid. So the other two are Newcastle and Burnley. Look, Newcastle, I think it's from game week nine or so. Certainly coming up, they have a really great fixture run. And at that point, you could have a look at them again. I think they become viable options. I would say that Kennedy might become flavour of the month again, as he was in preseason. We haven't really been able to consider them because of their fixtures. And so I'd like to see, uh, you know, if, if they can turn things turn things around um, and, and take advantage of the good fixture run. But I wouldn't be thinking about them just yet. And Burnley... I would hope that Burnley defenders would become viable options again in the near future. At the moment, they're not. And it's bizarre to see Burnley at the bottom as they are now. But I don't I don't think that that is a permanent thing. A lot of people so, are looking at Joe Hart as she is an option for a goalkeeper. And I know um, it, it was actually, I was trying to think what Are you looking was. at him as an option? No. To be honest. Well, I'm not, but I know a lot of people have. A lot of people have actually. Do you still have in. Pickford? Hmm. You still have Pickford? <laughs> no, I've Hennessy. I've had Hennessy since oh, my wild okay, card. But um, the uh, the Burnley. I'm trying to think what team it was. It was in the Europa League, qualified for the Europa League, and either nearly got relegated or did get relegated that same season. Um. Wow. But uh, the uh, they definitely. I think they will rise up again. But uh. But yeah. one thing, of course, with Newcastle, when we say Newcastle have great fixtures coming up, all of the opposition that they're playing against will think that they're a good fixture for them as well. So um, they will, yeah. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, it's it's always worth bearing in mind that too. Um, the uh, by the way, Ness, uh, the cheeky Ness, who's a friend of ours on Twitter, she 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 liked that question. So um, hopefully she liked Kylie's answer on it too. Um, Mahutsu Marzi was also asking about Richarlison he's wondering is it too obvious a move to go for Richarlison he's risky against Arsenal even though Arsenal don't look too fantastic defensively um, and is there any better options aside from Pedro Frazier for 6.7 or should he save a transfer I don't think moving to Richarlison is a bad move um, he's raring to go rested he'll be Everton's main man up front or, you know, for attacking returns. Um, did well for Brazil when he played. Um, so I don't think it's a bad move. But if you're looking around the 6.5, then um, one player that he did mention, apart from Fraser, which he did, is uh, is Madison. Um, now you look at the... I mean, some people are saying he's lucky. I don't really care. Um, just look at the fixture list coming up. You've got... Huddersfield at home, Newcastle away, Everton at home, Arsenal away, West Ham at home, Cardiff away. That's a great fixture list. For somebody who's starting uh, in an attacking team, Vardy's back. Um, I'm strongly considered... It's between him and Fraser now to come and replace uh, Andrew Charlton. So there's three of them. Um, But I'm strongly considering him at the moment. Um, so, you know, if you've got 6.7 to play with, then certainly Madison is somebody that I'll be looking at. Nice one. Thanks, Mersey. Um, I've actually got a bit of a, a dilemma coming up for myself as well because, um, yeah, as you said, 
Pedro. Pedro, I'm kind of going to probably get rid of. Mkhitaryan's already gotten gone, and um, Pedro is one that his spot is up for grabs, and uh, Madison is one, but um, but also of course then um, the, even Son. I was seeing when Son came on against Liverpool, and I do actually have a bit of money in the bank, um, and that's a move I would actually love to make um, when Harry Kane doesn't look like he's going to be worth worth the money, but. Um, San could be a really interesting one if he does come in and start really performing and people actually really have to try to fit him into the team um, because his price, whilst it's not overly cheap, it's um, it's also quite quite manageable. Um, I think it's 8.3 at the moment. Mersey Baby, FBL Crate Digger uh, at John Smith Spurs was asking, is Hazard now the best captain pick for game week six, even if you do own Salah? I, I'm not sure if he is, you know. Like, You're an ideal man to ask this because you own the two of them, which most people don't I own. I own the two, two plus, Agu- plus Aguero. And it's, at the moment, my captain is on Aguero. And it has been since the beginning. I saw Cardiff where I was like, right, it's Aguero. The fact that he didn't start either tonight makes, m- makes my decision uh, stronger. But let's talk about his question, which is Hazard. Listen, Hazard is on top form at the moment. He's just scored a hat-trick. He is going to play against West Ham, where Chelsea have struggled before, and they even lost last season. And this is a derby, and West Ham have just won, just won a game away from home. So they want to come back and build on that. Would I captain him away from home in a derby when, when Aguero's playing Cardiff and Salah's playing Southampton? Ah, I mean, listen, to be honest, any of those three would be great, but I think he'll be third choice for me out of those three. Yeah, no, what I do agree. You think? I agree. Um, that's what I'd be thinking too. It's uh, no, it, it is um, as actually John did say. He was talking about form versus fixture, and um, it is sometimes one of these decisions you look back on when somebody bangs and you go, "Why did I go with a fixture over form?" And um, there is a, definitely Hazard is the man in form, and um, if if that's the way you want to go, and if that's the easier decision you can live with. Um, then the Hazard is the way to go. Now, Marzi, me and you move on um, alone because uh, Kylie had to bail. Um, she had to just run there. So, uh, so me and you are going to move on. All the talking about Giroud. Yeah, Got yeah, yeah. Bit. She had to run. She yeah. had to run. Yeah, yeah. She had to call call the boyfriend <laughs> straight away. <laughs> um, Marzi, let's move on to the captain section of the show where we're going to, of course, give our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks for game week six. So, um, of course, as you mentioned earlier on, your captaincy is on Kun Aguero for, um, at the moment. But um, if you were going risky, so your Baldwin captain pick, who would you be going for? Uh, I think it would probably be Mitrovic at home to Watford. I just think uh, Fulham at home are a completely different kettle of fish. And I think they will, um, they will attack Watford and Watford would want to attack them. Both teams will see this as a winnable game and I'm hoping for an open game. And as a Mitrovic owner, I would expect him to score against that defence. So it would be Mitrovic if I was going to be ballsy. Yeah, um, I, I think I gave Alonso as my risky pick last week. And if I had gone with that, it certainly would not have worked out. But, um, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. but Chelsea versus West Ham, I always have it in my head from the days of Frank Lampard playing against West Ham when he used to love scoring against them. Um, I always had the Chelsea versus West Ham game as a good one to have Chelsea players in. I don't know whether or not that's actually backed up by statistics, but um, as me as me, as me and you know, Mersey, on the Three Amigos, we don't really give a toss about um, about statistics. It's facts we're interested in. No. Nope. 
Yeah. Absolute facts. Another another shout for let's let's say uh, I'm not even going to try and attempt an Aussie accent, but let's say Kylie was here and she would say Madison because he's playing Huddersfield at home. Yeah. In the very non Aussie accent as I, uh, I can go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I I can't really. I can't definitely can't do a girl Aussie accent anyway. So um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the uh, no, I think that's a good shout too. But um, I think it's Mane is actually someone I'm. Aguero is my captain at the moment too. Um, but Mane is someone that I would love to. I think I'll be keeping an eye out for to see Matty Kay's um, Matty Kay's versus stats for see how many goals Mane's actually scored against Southampton in his time since he left them. Um, but um, he would be an interesting shout for me. Um, there is it yeah. at Anfield, you know. I tell you what scares me about Liverpool. He he will rotate or rest one of those three. Now, Firmino was rested and came on, so I think he might start. So, would you rest Mane or Salah? I just feel that he will. Mane, in the last league game, had so many opportunities and was frustrating. And then in the last Champions League game, Salah gave the ball away a couple of times. I just wonder if he will use that game, especially with Sturridge scoring and Shakiri having a good cameo. Although we do have a league, a league Cup game where he can then change and uh, rest players. I read somewhere that there's 11 days between the two Premier League games, so you don't really need a rest. It's just something in the back of my mind telling me I feel that one of those two will be rested and I, I don't have money, so I don't want, and I don't want to gamble on Salah. Where I think if Aguero's fit and the fact that he didn't start, he will definitely start on, on against Cardiff. It kind of make, make Marzi, that's all we've got time for on tonight's show. Um, thanks a million listeners for uh, tuning in uh, we have been Mars who you can find at Mars05 Kylie who you can find at KylieFPL and myself who you can find at The Marple Curse we do hope you enjoyed listening in check us out at 3AmigosFPL where you can find our latest blog posts including our week game week 6 preview and links to all of our social channels also stay tuned for Saturday as usual we'll be releasing a getting to know you uh, podcast and this week it is Peter Blake um, please do like, share and rate the podcast on iTunes as it helps us out a lot. Thanks a million for your support. Good luck in game week six. Booyah! One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.